Yes, welcome to After the Hype. I'm your host as always, Brian Justin. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. I'm here. Chewy Darso. Hello. Emily Blake. Hey. And special guest today, we have Jandy Hardesty. Hello. Hi, Jandy. Hey. I know that person. Uh, we would assume so. We also have in the background, just a quick disclaimer, we have their child here, Karina. Um, she's going to be quiet looks like it she's playing with the big bear in the background uh yeah so we'll do a, a quick where have you been doing i'll go first uh, i saw valerian a city of a thousand planets and i really liked it and apparently a lot of people don't like really don't and they think it's terrible and i was like eh, i kind of enjoyed it's, it it must those... be such a burden to be so wrong yeah those people are wrong <laughs> i mean it, there's there are some definite problems with it but they also kind of come from the original comic and the way like the my biggest complaint with it and not just to completely go down the rabbit hole is i don't like the female character in it all because she has nothing to do but they lifted that straight from the comic so it's kind of like a weak excuse it's really unusual because luke Besson usually does a really Ex- good job with exactly women. and that's why i was like i was very surprised going into this that she got so little like like there's big action sequences and like right as soon as they start she's like all right i'm gonna go over here and then she kind of sits in the corner while he does all the action sequences. And it's kind of annoying, but uh, the movie itself Especially is still... Especially because in the advertising, they make her look really involved. She's really involved to the plot, but she doesn't really have any involvement in like the actual like shoot 'em up sequences. Mm-hmm. She has one sort of like fight tussle, and it's all of, like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And she does well with it. Like It's not like she couldn't handle the stunts or like the, physical, the physicality of the role. It just feels like they just didn't do anything with her. So it's what Hollywood would consider empowered. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. I don't want to spoil one of the characters, but there is one actor that I did not know was in the movie, and when he showed up, I'm like, holy crap, this is fun. Hmm. But that was that's it for me. I'm done. I went to Comic-Con, so that's all. And I Comic-Con? <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> that? That was my whole life last week, and then now I've been working ever since. So the only reference, I the only thing I can talk about is Comic-Con. Um, but I did see a couple of previews. I saw a little presentation by the Inhumans, which I heard behind the scenes is a bit of a shit show, but uh, the presentation was okay. I liked what I saw of the show. I'm interested. It's Ramsey Bolton being Ramsey Bolton, um, but his name is not Ramsey Bolton. Um, and I mean, to be fair, his character in the comic books isn't that far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Anson Mount plays Black Bolt, which is um, interesting because I'm interested to see, like, he he likes choosing roles like that that are a bit of an extra challenge because he can't speak, you know. And and uh, but one thing that bugged me is when I was watching this whole dinner scene that they had in part of the teaser, um, his whole family is around him and he's signing and his wife is doing all the translating for him. And I was like, motherfucker, y'all live with this. You grew up with this man. You've known him your entire lives, and none of you speaks his signing. Okay, you're a bunch of assholes. But anyway. Um, uh, and I also saw I was I was lucky to be in Hall H for the Defenders panel, which was pretty great because uh, they they did a, they came out and John Barenthal came out. And we saw a teaser of the Punisher, which looks baller. <laughs> and then um, and then they had uh, then they showed us like a trailer for the Defenders and they talked to everybody and that was pretty fun. And then um, Sigourney Weaver was there, which was freaking cool. And uh, and then and then in the middle of Jeff uh, Jeff Loeb is that who it was. Uh, presentation Charlie Cox just goes all right all right Jeff 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 let's look let's show the people something and he was like no they came here to see you they came here to see you and Sigourney Weaver stood up put her hands on her hips and goes Jeff give the people the thing and then he goes okay we have a teaser for the defenders it's or no we have a clip for the defenders 
it's the exact same length as the first episode of The Defenders, and the whole place went wild! <laughs> and then we, we got to watch the first episode, which was pretty good. I was I was very interested in seeing how they were going to take these four disparate shows and and make them feel like they had a cohesive narrative. and and like as the sh- But they had these beautiful transitions. Like, from an editor's perspective, you guys will appreciate that. Oh, they had, nice. They had one where, like, Luke Cage was going downstairs, and as he was in a, in like a tenement apartment building, and as he was going downstairs, he flipped his hoodie up. They cut immediately to Jessica Jones going upstairs in a different apartment building, flipping her hoodie down. It was like ooh, yee. Um, and uh, by the end of the episode, though, you you they weren't together, but you could you, there was a common incident that happened in the city, and they you saw all their reactions to it. So so you saw like okay, this does have a way for them to come together. Like it, I was worried about. I was like, how are they going to do this? Because they can't get them together in the first episode, can they? And but instead, they just showed them all sort of reacting to the same thing, and that was like okay, that's that's where we're headed. Oh, and cool. I, I was I always really wondering liked it. why they weren't reacting to things in each other's shows. <laughs> So I just assume that whenever they cut to Danny Rand, he's just like chewing on wood to somewhere, just sitting in the corner. <laughs> I think. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Iron Fist. He spends most of it like on a plane talking about the hand. Um, <laughs> I got, I think, I've got a good hand. I think it. I think it. It's going to help that there are other characters to carry the load and not. Yeah. yeah so there's Kinda promise like of Game them. Game of Thrones yeah. when we thought he was really great. Oh, he shouldn't be that bad. With the, oh God, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there is promise in just the teaser that everyone has seen yeah. of them throwing shade at Danny Rand the whole yeah. time, and I'm expecting that going in. Like, look at this silly guy with a yellow fist. Whatever. I mean, I'm okay with it, but at the same time, that's just hanging lampshade on their horrible casting decision. It's like, well, it's horrible. I guess we should just make fun of it now. Because there's <laughs> nothing we can do about well, it. Well, Jessica Jones I mean, totally would, you though. You can recast. You yeah, all they're can. They're not going to. If 90s sitcoms taught us anything... People will just yeah, forget. But, but the show, according to Netflix, we have no way of being sure, was was really successful for them. So uh, what's their motivation to recast? Yeah, they have no motivation whatsoever. Uh, they have bad yeah. reviews, but who cares? If people still go, whatever. We, I mean, we're getting Suicide Squad 2. I didn't too. even try to watch. Uh, all right, next. Uh, well, I was with Brian in San Francisco for the marathon, so I did not watch much new stuff. But we did watch some CNN when they were doing throwback to the 90s uh, and all the nostalgia-ness we've been talking about. I was just like, I still like this. It's the same thing as like when VH1 used to do behind the music or whatnot and just talking heads talking about the 90s. Mm. And it's like, I still like it. I don't know why. I'll, I'll still watch this. It's definitely nostalgia. There's no reason. I know all this stuff, but I still want to watch it. I enjoyed the episode we watched on uh, the, the Bill Clinton blowjob. It was just fun getting like everyone's reaction to it again. Like I'd kind of forgotten. Like I don't remember that. Was I? Maybe I was in the shower or something. Because yeah, I been. saw the, re- the when they went through everyone's reaction to him playing the saxophone on oh, Arsenio yeah. Hall and how people called that unpresidential. And now I'm like, <laughs> wow, we really did get lax. And Trump was somewhere going, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, saxophones and tan suits. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Those Democrats know how to party. Ah, so unpresidential. He has talents. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, I'll go. Uh, so we just recently got a Nintendo Switch, and with that, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the remaster. And what's really cool about this is that it has a drive assist mode, where it a keeps you from falling off the track and accelerates for you. And at first, it's like, why, why would you put that in there? But uh, we have a four-year-old, and she can now play the game, and so it's actually really cool, kind of playing. A Nintendo with uh, with with your kid. 
I really like it. Despite their complete incompetence. Oh, I, I stop on the track often and wait for her to stop looping around and for the computer to kind of take over and get her ahead. So that, that part's so, not as fun. But like, I like that you're throwing shade at your daughter's Mario Kart story. <laughs> like, she's, she's not four, genetically pre-whatever <laughs> to play this game. But she has to learn. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, you, d- you take for granted how difficult like 3D space is for someone who's never done that, whose right. only experience is maybe Mario Maker, left, right, up, Which down. Which she's actually really good at. Yeah. Not like playing the Mario, but like making levels. She's, oh, she can cool. make pretty interesting levels. Oh, yeah. And she's she figured out all the mechanics and learned how to make like little trolleys and things like that. So she knows how to do that. But like moving to the 3D space where everything's a little bit different is a really tough skill. And one that I completely took for granted because I grew up with Nintendo and Atari and just kind of followed that whole history. And you made the logical jump with everyone else with like Nintendo 64, where it's like, oh, I'll just no. spend the first 10 hours running around the courtyard of the castle in Super Mario 64. <laughs> and then like circles and circles and circles and circles. Look, and... he breathes when you stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's cool. And it's that level of accessibility. I just wish we're in more games like that. Because if you don't really, if you get too frustrated to even try, that's a real, that's a real barrier. And, yeah, and Mario sure. Kart is really fun. Like they've really perfected that thing down to just every moment of it is fun and silly, and their video replays are hilarious because the characters kind of interact with each other as you drive past them. So if one throws a shell at the other one and knocks them out, they just kind of stare at the cars they drive by with like this smug look. And then like Luigi, there's a meme about Luigi's death stare as he drives by. He just kind of <laughs> oh, turns and faces. Yep, that's from Mario Kart 8. And it is <laughs> it is beautiful to play those re- uh, replays because you can slow them down, speed them up, rewind them, and relive the dumbest moments <laughs> And ever. screen cap them. And screen cap them. <laughs> and share them directly to Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to pause. I think you just unhinged it. Oh, no. I broke it. Yeah, you got it. Like the, the classic thing. How does it? The, it's I just it's it. really crappy. But. Okay. I was just trying to avoid yep. having to lean forward in this chair. There you go. There we go. But yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, Jenny, not, last but not least. All right. Well, when you have kids, everything that you do has to do with kids. So mine is also related. I would uh, assume. <laughs> um, Regal Theaters does like this summer movie express program during the summer where they show kids movies for a dollar every Tuesday and Wednesday mornings. So she and I have been doing that, and usually it's stuff like Happy Feet 2 that you just kind of sit through and are like, all right, well, I hope she's, at least she's happy for an hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> but this week they showed Kubo and the Two Strings, Ooh. and I took her to see that. How'd she like that? She, it's interesting because I was afraid it would be too scary for her. Yeah, and there those were, sisters could be pretty creepy. Yeah, there were a couple scenes where she was like, I want to go out. So we <laughs> went out and like stood in the hallway for a second, uh, okay, yeah. and then we went back in. But for the parts where she was there, like she was way more engaged than she usually is with movies like she was following it all she was keeping track of the plot like she was really concerned that they wanted his other eye that was very <laughs> very troubling she didn't care about you know that anybody might die or anything she was like but they're gonna take his eye but um yeah she stuck with it except for a couple of the fight scenes and has I she was... seen the other like movies i think i don't think she's seen any of the others we maybe briefly started um paranorman I feel like we've maybe. I ex- didn't start with Paranorman. Okay. <laughs> you might have done that when I wasn't okay. there. Okay, but, uh, but she, say, she uh, got too bored because she was too young. 
I was gonna say I think the only super child friendly one, like under like six, would be like box trolls. Because mm. there's really nothing like terrible. Coraline would be terrifying. Coraline yeah. would be horrifying. <laughs> oh no, she was really scared. She really didn't like the part where the mom like sent him away and she stayed. Oh. And the mom stayed to fight because that like parent abandoned yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, it was like really sure. scary at her age. So and she understood it. That was that was when you told me that that was amazing. Behavior. Yeah, she understood what was going on. So yeah, I'm probably like a terrible parent for taking my four year old to see this. No, really scary I think that makes movie, you a but... way better parent. Dude, <laughs> like I was saying that to my in law aunt, land law. I don't know what to call yeah, Sandy. I don't, what, I don't know what relationship that is. Uh, aunt in law. Like, I'm pro scaring kids at a young age. <laughs> like I really am because it teaches them more things about life. I feel like that things are actually at stake. And she, yeah, she's expressing emotions, which is a natural mm-hmm. thing, and it's not makes you a bad There's parent. a Tolkien quote I love that about fairy tales that it's, um, you don't show kids fairy tales to show them that they're dragons, because kids already know there are dragons. Mm-hmm. You read them fairy tales so that they know dragons can be killed. Mm. Yeah. 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 I like it. yeah, that makes sense. I feel bad about killing all the dragons, but you know. <laughs> they're huge well, jerks. It's okay. <laughs> the, I mean, this was Tolkien, like his dragons are all terrible, so... That's true. They're not all like Pete's yeah. dragons. They're not like nice dragons. Yeah. But there was yeah. even there was even one time when we were I, I we she watched uh, Land Before Time, the very first one, the really tearjerker one, and she just sat up when I think the leaf that guides them got stomped by saber tooth or uh, sharp, tooth, sharp tooth, and she just started crying. I was like, hey, the hell are they gonna get to the the valley or the the Great Valley? And I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. And then I was like, it's okay, don't cry, <laughs> be strong. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, teaching, showing, and exposing your children to things that have consequences and showing that something bad will happen, but then you can still work through it is a valuable thing. Sure. I agree. And (laughs) have her start reading Goosebumps. We can lend you some. All right. I think it's time to start talking about today's movie. Uh, So today is the first of a ongoing series. This will take uh, probably longer than the podcast has life in it, but we will do what we can. Where I'm starting at the very beginning of the Academy Awards and going all the way through current day of the Academy Award winner of that year. So we're in what, 78, 80 something Academy Awards? So that's a while. That's a a lot lot of movies. But we'll do what we can. So it's going to be like five more years of podcasts. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way we can get this done. And that's if we're doing it like every week. If we did this every week, we still have like. Two years of these. Yeah. But I'm that's a little confused. That. It's a good way to ensure longevity. Yeah, that's true. This movie came out in 27. Yes. And it's 17 now. So that's 80 years. Or 90 years. Oh, then I guess maybe it's 90. I just can't Were there do. years where there were no Academy Awards? I don't know. No. No, it says Jandy. There's a reason we called Jandy. Right. <laughs> when I said I was doing a classic film, there's one person that comes to mind whenever I think of classic films, and that's Jandy. John's wife, Jandy. Um, <laughs> Excellent. She knows far more on the subject than I do, which is part of the reason why we called her here, so that we don't just sound like a bunch of buffoons all day. Uh, oh, you're, you can sound like buffoons, and then I'll just correct you. That's cr- okay. But then yeah. I guess you can just edit out the... Yeah, right. it'll just be you being right the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a little bit of history. Uh, this movie came out a long time ago, and that's the end of the history. The end. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's uh, if you've never seen it, it's a silent film, uh, and it's it's gorgeous. Um, but for the plot, I think we need to do a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. I think that's the way that works. Jandy, you've never had to do one of these, have you? I don't think so. You've only been on what, twice? I was on for Cloud Atlas, and I think, is that the only other Mass Effect. Mass Mass Effect. Effect. Right, the Mass Effect trilogy. Which imagine a 30-second breakdown for three video games spanning (laughs) 100 hours each. Right. 
I mean, Shepard saves the day. Yeah. <laughs> There's bad robots. Shepard beats them. The yeah. end. <laughs> you win. You win. You did it. Shepard <laughs> saves the day and their space racism. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, wings. Uh, so wings from 1927. It's related uh, to Criterion Collection. It, it, yeah, I'm sure it's on Criterion, isn't it? <laughs> Is Wouldn't it? it be? Wings? It yeah. should be. It should be. But I would it's, assume it's, that it's it is. It's not. It's on Kino. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Uh, okay. So Except everybody... it's actually out of print, which I found out when I tried to buy it for, for this. Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I was very annoyed. You can still rent it online, obviously. But yeah, that's how we, I watch it. But I, I was like, I'll just buy the Blu-ray. I would like to have this movie. It's out of print. Mm. So, so no to Kino. Put it back no. in print. Wait, this came out in 1927. Wouldn't this be an anniversary this year? Shouldn't it be re-released this year? Maybe that's why they took it out of print. I mean... Could, you would yeah. assume there'd be like a what, that would make ninety sense. year or eighty year. I can do math. That would that would make sense. Maybe that's why it's out of print. It's coming yeah. back out this year. Uh, all right, are we ready to go? I'm ready. All right, so Wings from 1927 in 30 seconds. Here we go, go, go. All right, it's 1917. War's breaking out. Two guys from the same town in America head off to World War One. They're excited about flying planes. They don't know what war is yet, but they're both in love with the same girl. But she loves one of them and not the other one. She loves David. But this, the girl next door, Mary, loves Jack, but Jack doesn't know it. Uh, despite initial conflict, Jack and David become close friends. And eventually David is shot down behind enemy lines when he steals a German plane to try to get home. Jack shoots him down again. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that does it. <laughs> Oops. Oops! That was one of the best uh, watching the movie with Chewie and Mike. Huh, I bet he's going to shoot him down. And then it happened. I'm like, oh, God, I was kidding. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Stop Ooh. the movie. <laughs> Woo. And then I just started talking about pre-code stuff. Yeah, I just didn't expect this movie to go that dark. I don't know why. I just was like, yeah, I mean, it just kind of like the way the movie starts with them like, yeah, I'm just working on the car. <laughs> I was like, I don't think this will have an incredibly dark and sad ending. Nope. It goes there. He got the girl at the end, though. So the right girl. I think For the girl him. got him at the end. You should you could put it that way, yeah. Yeah. And then the other gal just the other whatever. Just yeah, she just fine. She's just alone. Which is really it's like, well, Jack, you could have her now. I mean, David, you know, but I mean you killed David. <laughs> so uh, but it makes sense for it to be that dark. I mean, they're coming off of a war and it's the depression. Oh, it totally you know, makes sense. So yeah. Actually the depression hadn't happened yet when this movie came out. Yeah, this is 20... This oh, is pre yeah yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. It was right before the depression. But yeah. still, I mean they had just come out of World War One, like yeah. it. It, it kind of makes sense that this movie would be that dark, but it, it's still just like when I think of like silent films and like the old timey like super fast motion that sort of stuff. I don't think of very serious heart punching films unless I'm thinking of liking like Bicycle Thief or something like that. But well, I don't know M. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just because it was so Wait, corny. Was M silent. M silent. Oh I my never, bad. M's I not haven't silent. seen M. Okay. But like when I, it's so corny in parts of this. You just, I didn't expect that turn. Like especially yeah. like the drinking sequence, the bubbles, if oh you will. Oh God, the bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. Oh, Can bubbles. we talk about that? Yeah. Was he drinking absinthe? <laughs> right, probably. Right. Like <laughs> what alcohol is hallucinate? It's Paris in the teens, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was prob. I mean, he was on something. He was not just on booze. Or yeah. he was- I love too that he's so wasted he can't even see your face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And was I, that other girl a hooker? Like, because she seemed like she was trying real hard to work him. To I get think him to she the was a shooting star groupie. Shooting star groupie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So that was one thing we we breezed over. I'll say it a lot throughout this thing. His nickname is the shooting star. Yeah. Uh, because when he made his car, Mary, the girl next door, painted a shooting star on it, 
And it's like, hey, you know what you get when you wish when you see a shooting star? You get to kiss the girl you love. He's like, I can, and then runs away. Poor girl. When she said that, I'm like, you're gonna, the dude's gonna run away, isn't it? Yeah, oh, man, no, that's not gonna go out well for you. So basically, the plot of the story is it's really, if you look at it from Mary's perspective, she just had to wait for a man to be broken down into nothing, yeah. and lose his best friend. And then she could finally then get him. And not the husk of a man. Yeah, he murdered his best friend. He's gonna have some pretty severe PTSD. Oh God! Like, yes. She's like, finally, guilt. I can have him. Like I imagine that, and we know his affinity for drinking. Like that. That, that marriage did not is end not well. well. There was not any like the, back then. They didn't even think psychologists were good. Yeah, they thought they were quacks to trying to be weird. So yeah, yeah. he was I imagine definitely five years into that marriage. There's a lot of shut up and give me my bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> She's in for a really horrible nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It's a very happy movie we're talking about. Yeah, no, it's, it's mean, pretty dark. We just know <laughs> a little dark. too much about history when it comes yeah. to that. I think what's great about that scene is just the special effects on display. There's yeah. a lot of special effects in this movie that are done amazing. Mm-hmm. But oh, like, yeah, like the, the double exposures, like the overlay, like in like the processing, like all, like this movie is incredible. Like for a film school, like nerd, incredible. I just, if boggles my mind how they're able to do so many aerial shots with how much cameras weighed back yeah. then. Jenny, do you know what to think about how this was filmed at all? The aerial stuff is all filmed in the air. Like, I think some of it, I think some, I, I was just trying to watch it. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But some of the planes being shot down look like models to me, but most of the stuff in the air is shot in the air. And it was one of the towering kind of technical achievements of the silent era for that reason. Yeah. And a lot of the stock footage of, of it was reused in films for years because, like, why go do that again? Yeah. <laughs> you already have it. It costs so much. Now, do you know, I, I, this is the one thing I was trying to figure out. Like, there's obvious parts where there's, like, they're in front of a screen and then there's parts when they're not. Um, do you know if, like, do you assume, like, all, like, the inserts were probably, like, in front of a screen, like, when they're, like, turning around, like, yeah, I'm getting away. Yeah, probably. Because I remember, like, when I was in, college my teacher insisted that like no they were just taking off they just put a camera in the back and had him take off and had him turn around so the actor was flying the plane i'm like i don't yeah i don't know for sure i don't know for sure on that stuff it does look like the back projection on on like a like a a built thing but man it's so close that it's hard to tell and that's what surprised me the most like you there are there are like i think a a handful of shots where like you can definitely tell there's a, a screen behind him but more often than not like you honestly can't tell and like that no is impressive as hell. And it mixes those so well. There's a scene where they're bo- or the Germans are bombing the one village. Oh, and they they just drop actual bombs. And the, yeah, it just yeah. <laughs> and just and destroys an actual that rather village. terrifying. Yeah. Like some of the shots I'm like, "Oh god, this was pre like OSHA." <laughs> There's like no I don't know if they, they were stunt men, but what did they know back then? There's no wires. There's just bombs going yeah. off into these actors. Safety. <laughs> <laughs> But and those buildings blowing up are not models. Yeah, yeah. it's like but terrifying. You can tell, like I just I love that the, the shot like down like the shoot of them dropping bombs. I'm like, oh, I wonder how this. Works. Oh, they're just dropping bombs. I love that everyone today is like, ooh, this movie uses practical effects. Screw you and your practical effects. Like, <laughs> they're dropping yeah. real bombs. Yeah. Yeah. We're just blowing things up. <laughs> but you wouldn't expect it because a scene like that is like, well, they're going to cut away and it's clearly going to be a, a, a styrofoam tube being like thrown against the wall or something. Yeah. And nope. That's no. just devastation straight up. And the the interesting is the 19, I'm sure when this thing was shot, it was probably like 25, 26, because it post took a lot longer then. But it was, uh, the interesting thing about it is uh, it cost $2 million. So $2 million wow. in, in 26 uh, equals out, I did the math, about uh, 25 to $26 million nowadays. Wow. So 
even with that inflation like adjusted for, and down goes the child. Oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Are you okay? okay. <laughs> you guys, I'm, the bear is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, he's big and I mean, floppy. I've seen the Revenant. That bear will take her out. <laughs> oh. We don't have any baby bears in here, so. Baby bear. Oh, now you've got an idea in her head. Oh, I hope that came through. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so it costs about, like, it, made today, it could not be, like, you can't make it. A movie like this with that many, like, say, practical effects, if you will, but like all, for $25 million, Just drop no chance. bombs. I was thinking the whole time I was watching that first big aerial battle, like, first of all, I mean, we haven't brought up yet how that was obviously the influence for Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you could see it in some oh, of the yeah. shots. You were yeah. like, oh my God, that's exactly a shot from Star Wars. But I was just thinking about how that movie was Star Wars for some people. I mean, you yeah. used to be sitting in an audience and seeing that in 1927 on your screen, you would have been just like mind blown. Yeah. The same totally. way people think about like the opening shot of Star Wars or the way I felt about the opening sequence of the Matrix. Like yeah. this would be that movie for a lot of people. It's And it's incredible. Like even watching it now, it's incredible. Like how well they did it. Like it's nuts. But yeah, you're right. Like it's funny watching this thing because I'm not sure if this one's commonly listed as like an influence on Star Wars, but it, it definitely, definitely is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like this thing really kind of dictates how we shoot aerial battle sequences. Yeah. Oh well, that shot where I mean, there was a lot of shots of dudes getting killed, like a lot. But uh, <laughs> but there was one like really early on in that first battle where he gets hit and then slumps over, and I mean that's almost exactly oh, a yeah. shot from Star Wars. Oh yeah, totally. And the way he moves around in his unconscious state yeah. is very much like. They're probably up in the air. There's like there's oh. some sort of gravity thing going. Like you can't fake that. You can see the wind on their face. Yeah, yeah. like in their mouth, on their cheek, and such. But like the slumping of the head. When you watch these videos of people on roller coasters passing out, it's yeah. the same exact movements. Where like they can't control that. That's not a thing you can act. And yeah. so you think someone actually passed out during filming? Well, or they're just <laughs> kind of hopes. So. They fl- actually shot him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they shot him. They they're definitely fl- hurt here's their neck. Awesome. <laughs> Blam! Uh. Now we're going for a ride. <laughs> Casting call for the main characters are Workman's huge. Workman's comp's not a thing yet. <laughs> We're flying to the hospital. Wait, is Hopefully Workman, you make it. They had unions. Is Workman's comp a thing in 27? I'm not sure. We're not a history podcast. We're a movie Let's podcast. Let's just assume everything in 1927 like was super shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Except I kinda, for the booze. Yeah, Except for the, the booze. booze looks great. Booze is great. <laughs> it made you hallucinate bubbles. Yeah. Uh, I wish be booze did that. I think what one thing that I really liked about this, and it kind of ties into how we consider pacing and time now, is that this movie takes its time for everything, but because of it, the tone shifts work really well as like you have a break from the really darkness of the battles, and then you go to like Paris for their partying and get right back into like the what's effectively the worst part of the movie for everybody, for the characters involved, the final put. And it's just... Yeah. It's great how that just that length of time allows it to change it up a little bit and be very kind of like casual about it. The thing that I find interesting, like talking about the pacing is like when I watch silent films and I haven't seen as many as I probably should have, but I've seen a a fair amount. I have more often than not, I have trouble sticking with it just because I'm so used to like modern cinema that like I just like my brain just kind of automatically just starts tuning out after a while. I was invested in this thing the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's just, it's a different quality of silent film. Yeah. Cause like, I've seen so many that it's just like, yeah, these are good movies, but like, I've seen the story replicated so many times that I just don't really care anymore. Cause I know exactly where it's going. Cause it's been 
remade and remade and remade to where it's now just like standard storytelling. Whereas I go to this one and like the way that the story's told, like it's kind of cheesy. It's definitely dated, but like it still had me invested. Where like I knew the characters and me, I knew who each one of them was. Like I knew like mm. the relationships and everything just came across crystal clear. Like it's just really great filmmaking. And like you look at that, like and yeah, I can see why this thing won Best Picture. I don't really know what it was up against, and I definitely haven't seen those. But... Not very many. Yeah. Just looking yeah. back at the history, I'm like, yeah, they're like five movies a year. Well, yeah, I mean, they weren't being made nearly as often, yeah. but I did like I enjoyed the story. Like I thought it was a fun ride. I, I enjoyed like the character changes. Like uh, now I'm forgetting which one's which. Uh, who's da- the... David's rich. Jack's not. Which one's the jerk? Jack. 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 Jack's the a scene, jerk. When yeah, they're I mean, in the, he's the one who shot his friend. That's true. And stomped his hat. That and tried to steal about. his woman. The, the stomping the hat the scene, I think, is hysterical. Like, that was... <laughs> I, I laughed so hard at the... Uh, like, they're doing the push-ups and just stomp, 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 stomp. And then, hey, man, lay off my hat. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> they're just so mad. He's a jerk, but he's, like, so charming about it somehow. Yeah. I did not find Jack charming. Really? I thought he was just a child. Well, he was yeah. like, I've this is what I want. Several movies, and I think he's very charming. So. Yeah. <laughs> I may yeah. be bringing in things from other. I don't know. I don't know him in any other yeah. films. Yeah. So this is my exposure. Well, also, to him. like David to me is just so like blank most of the time that I don't really care about him until like near the end when he's starting to. I have the problem where I really like Crispin um, Glover. Oh yeah, Glover, and he looked like Crispin Glover. So yeah, I, I, I like era. David. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love like the the scene with Jack where he goes to like ask for uh, I forget her name's photo, Sylvia. and then she's she's like she had it for somebody else and he's like oh thanks bye yeah it doesn't even look and it says on the back like to David and yeah. he never looks at the back of the photo. But yeah, like, that's another like I just did not like Jack. I'm like, dude, you just grab things and say they're yours. But again, like I don't know why I'm so surprised, but like that that led to such a great moment of like when the photo comes out of the locket. And David's just like, yeah, this will destroy you. And just yeah, rips that was the when I started up. liking David, like that, yeah, that scene. That's such a great like friendship moment of like, yeah, you hate me right now, but this means you don't die while flying today. And let's talk about that friendship because I think for me the biggest surprise is just how they treated male friendship in this movie. The the level of affection that men were apparently able to show is like it makes you sad that they're not allowed to show that today there's actually a lot of um writing and stuff that's been done on their relationship as homoerotic and i don't really see that i just think that, that yeah that doesn't really yeah, come across at all no i don't that's think so at all problem. especially because like then... at the end when they're di- when he's dying and he kisses him people are like oh that's the first gay kiss on screen i'm like i People just kiss, like, Do they David have kissed to be his gay? mom on the lips in the first scene, like, yeah. when he's leaving her. I'm like, yeah. people just kissed more than... And, and I, you're right. The the fact that we don't give men permission to be straight and buddies anymore, mm-hmm. like, no homo, you know? And affectionate. Like, and yeah, and show affection. Affectionate, like, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's all, like, such such homophobia yeah. that any time two men show affection, it's automatically like, well, I don't know, it's stupid, it's gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like it's definitely like a Western problem because there are like Eastern cultures where it's very common for men to like, oh, we're friends, we're just holding hands today, like just walk down the street, and it's not seen as something weird. But you go into like America, like these sort of like cultures nowadays, and yeah, like this movie would definitely be seen as like the first gay kiss, and it's like it's clearly not. Like you or pay attention even with to the any French, of the... they kiss each yeah, other on the cheek all the time. There was that that yeah. decoration scene where they're he's just kissing them yeah. after he gives gives them the, the medals, and it's like. 
as a as a person of modern cinema watching stuff nowadays, it's like that's weird. But then you look back like that's just a different way and an interesting way to. I don't know. I really appreciated that. That was that the only look. scene for me. Like the the whole of their friendship never bothered me. The dude giving them the awards, I was just like, okay, he's getting real personal. Because he was kissing. Like, that wasn't like in a gay thing. He that was, was just like he's getting like underneath un- their chin bone, like, yeah, like on their neck, in their French. neck. You know what? That was a nice beard. He kissed people on the cheek. If I, someone leaned in and kissed me underneath my chin bone on my neck, I'd be like, yeah. "What are you doing?" I that was like a screen direction to make sure we could see their faces. Something yeah, because that like, and he got in there and he held for a second. Like that was a <laughs> that was a romantic gift. But I did like the different reactions that the the pilots had to that. Because like like was it David who was getting the medal there? He was he was like kind of stoic. Whereas the guy at the end was like, "Cool, I'm getting a medal." <laughs> well, I think David was just always a little bit more serious. Yeah. Uh, and in my eyes, mature. And Jack was very like wide-eyed American, going to war. War is fun yeah. until you know his best yeah. friend dies, and then he just need bloodlust. Kill oh, the then Germans. Then he kills everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it was like, his fault. Lord. <laughs> but he helped them like get across the. Yeah. He helped them. He, like they he wouldn't did. have won the battle otherwise. Yeah. Actually, yeah. even during that one sequence, I just felt bad when it's a sequence of all of the Germans trying to run away yeah. with Jack just <laughs> mowing him down I'm like they're running away they're not shooting at you you're just murdering people right now they'll never shoot at me again <laughs> one, and one interesting thing is just because this is World War One, it's just a different war and it's been it's pre-Geneva pre-war crimes it's been yeah. interesting like those are fascinating because they're so different uh, and Jandy you and I were talking about that last night too it's just like those are f- more interesting to watch than like our World War II fascination. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's easier to kind of build a narrative around World War II, but there's just like there's scenes in this movie where there's guys using old formation walking into the turrets, mm-hmm. walking into the machine guns because that's the way war was. Just walk toward the thing and shoot at it, like very much an old style of war in a changing theater, which I thought yeah. was really cool. And we just don't have enough of those in and war movies. A, and it's really interesting this, that this came out before World War Two, because you see that more so. Because the guys doing this thing, like, that's what they know. So they're the ones yeah. who are directing this war, so... Well, the, that started falling apart during uh, the Civil... Well, actually, Revolutionary War. Revolutionary yeah, War, yeah. Because yeah. that's the when they started. formations America. were becoming yeah. less and less. Yeah. But then it really did take off during World War One during trench warfare, where yeah. it just yeah. was not necessary. Well, the introduction of the machine gun was the yeah, major... Yeah, the big... But it's Like, still... when it took you five minutes to reload your gun... That's, yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking about guerrilla warfare where yeah. Americans would hide in trees oh, yeah. during yeah. the revolution. Yeah. But that's why it's it's interesting that like, this, this movie stupid. Let's do something else. <laughs> that's why, I, like, what I'm saying is, like, I think that's why it's interesting that these guys are still just walking into yeah. machines. I guns. mean, it's it is centuries of warfare take a long time to get yeah. out of the military bloodlines. I guess I'm just yeah. banking on numbers. That's what's so scary. Is it's like, well, a lot of us are gonna die. Hope it's not me. Yeah. Well, I guess war is like that anyway, but especially when you're, yeah, you're lining up. And, I personally yeah. would have hated to be a drummer boy the most. Oh, God. <laughs> That's how the youngest person in the Revolutionary oh, like, War died. Oh, man. <laughs> like that scene in Glory, when they're all just, they know they're going to die. They're just marching forward in formation, and that one dude has the flag, and it's like, oh, well, I guess, uh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, that's like uh, Leningrad too. Is the the worst one where like they only had enough rifles for every other guy. Ugh. So you basically were like, if you didn't have a rifle, you're running behind the guy that has the rifle and hoping that when he gets shot, you can get his rifle. Oh my god! 
That's terrible. Gotta love those. I just want to be Wonder Woman where you can just stand up and use your bracelets (laughs) and charge. Uh, We haven't talked about Mary really at all, and I feel like she warrants a bit of conversation. She is the manic pixie dream girl. Before that was a thing. Yeah, but well, she, she invented the thing. That's she, Clara Bow, who was the... Yeah. She, she was, invented it? Yeah, she was the original it girl. Like, yeah. the one hair. who had it in the Eleanor Glenn sense of, like, some kind of sex appeal that you can't really define. Hmm. Um, but that's what sex appeal was in the 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, like, this pert, like, girl next door kind of thing. Um, I mean, she was cute. I yeah. loved her hair. Yeah, her I loved hair her mannerisms. So yeah. I wish she, she cried she, a little bit less. She, she like, lot, that yeah. bob, like, she invented... Uh, her, oh, she was the first one that had that. But she was... So she was the Rachel of her day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the Clara Bow. Yeah. Uh, no, she was super, super popular. Well, no, and she's instantly engaging. Her like, eyes Mar- are beautiful. Mar- the two guys take mm-hmm. me a second to warm up to. Like the second she's on screen, she's engaging. Which is also like, what's wrong with the Jack? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Because you the other girl had the better. Ad- yeah. The well, other girl had the advantage. She was from the city. Well, Whatever that meant. <laughs> it's interesting. One of the techniques they'll use from here, like along cinema it's just like they'll soften the lens and kind of try to make a glow to the actresses but they didn't have to do that for her in this and there, the scenes where they do kind of do that it's like oh you're just we don't need that get that they do get that light did the halo yeah. a lot. they do light her more though and the, and the more, halo and the, where it's just out of focus in a circle around her yeah. yeah well they definitely do that uh what he was talking about in the um the bar in paris like mm-hmm. when she's wearing the dress and like that they really they really show her as much as they can. Um, it has the male gaze down. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> the part... Can we talk about when she gets him to the hotel room and then realizes that he's just too out of it to actually do anything and she's putting her uniform back on. One, you see side boob, which really surprised me. Uh, I think you see uh, all of it. Oh, you see boobs. The you whole see all thing. Oh, I missed that. I'm it's, sure the men in the 20s were away. like, we're seeing this every day! Uh, but those Oscar two they? men! And they have the, the, the really tall man who's just standing just staring at her again. like he's an ogre. I'm just I, like, what the hell? I believe when that happened, I went, oh, girl. <laughs> I was just like, I knew, this is illustrating the male gaze to a really uncomfortable level. Yeah. And, but did you see something else that surprised me? Did you see in the bar scene when he was before, right before the bubbles? When they, oh, first of all, that shot. When they were pulling into the bar, oh, through and the people yeah. were like incredible. moving. I've seen that as a meme for the longest time. I did not know it was oh, in this movie. Oh, so good! And then when they get uh, one of the couples that they split apart, was it two women dressed as men? Is that what I was looking it at? Looked it like looked like it. Really it, it I didn't know been. that was very popular. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I thought that was pretty interesting yeah. too. Well, the but, one thing, one problem that this movie has is it's a period film before they really got stickler about that. Um, so it is. A World War One movie, but styled in twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. So flappers definitely played with gender roles before anyone really gave them credit for that. I guess. Uh, so, so there's a lot of flappers that would dress up as men because they wanted to be dandies, uh, and it's it's a beautiful subculture. If you ever look up the photos, it's fantastic. But yeah, this movie's kind of weird in the way we're like it's night. It's supposed to be like nineteen fifteen, but they all look like they're in twenty seven. <laughs> This is still, it really uh, doesn't bother me, but that's because it's now 2017, and yeah. it's like, eh, close enough. It's <laughs> like, like 10, ten years, years off, it's yeah. fine. But well, like, stylistically wise, it was huge when it came to fashion and yeah. social change, the and differences this, between the eras. And this sure. is still pre-code, correct? This is pre-code. Yeah. Well, pre-code. it's before the code. It's not technically pre-code if you want to get technical. Okay. Well, explain <laughs> that. 
Yeah. Okay. Pre-code the as a era is 1930 to 1934 because the production code was introduced in 1930. Like that's when it was written, and everyone said we're going to agree to this. I, I just does everybody listening to this podcast know what that means? I'm sure they don't. Shall yeah, I, explain I guess explain the code. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so take us to school. <laughs> it's very in the, fascinating. In the classic era, there's a thing called the production code, which all the studios kind of agreed to. Like they wrote it and they agreed to it to kind of keep the content in their films clean because they were getting a lot of pressure from Catholic groups and from government groups saying your movies are too dirty. Like we can't have these out there. Um, sex, violence, and um, like crime. Like cr- crime being seen as okay or like divorce was a part of that too wasn't it divorce too all those kind of things so they were getting so much pressure that in 1930 they all got together and like made this production code wrote it and proceeded not to follow any of it (laughs) at all (laughs) we made it yeah just like violated everything completely um but the idea was that they would self-govern so they didn't get outside censorship but they didn't do that, and by 1934, it had gotten like so bad <laughs> that they were getting a lot more pressure, and they finally decided, okay, we gotta, we gotta abide by this. So between 1930 and 1934 is called pre-code because the code they've written the code, so you know what's in it, but it's not being enforced. Okay. So anything before 1930 is kind of technically before the code, and that they didn't have a standard of decency, I guess. Um, but if you talk to classic film historians and call something before 1930 pre-code, they'll stop you on it. <laughs> okay. Because it's it's technically after the code was written, but before it was enforced. Because I, I just remember when uh, Brian had me watching some Like It Hot. Yeah. And how it was a big deal when, uh, I forgot his name. The one that ends up marrying the dude. Uh, oh, gets I- in the bed with Marilyn Monroe. And like they're there's a man and a woman in a bed together mm-hmm. and how that was like a big deal at the time because technically the code was still in effect. The production code was in effect until 1968 when it was replaced with the um, MPAA rating system. But, but it started just... kind of breaking down in the 50s and more and more producers and directors started trying to push it. And Billy Wilder, who did something like it hot, was one who pushed it almost every film. He tried to do something Good. that would like <laughs> break it up. Um so yeah, there are a lot of things, but I mean, one of the earliest ones was like "Gone with the Wind" saying "damn" in 1939. Like that wasn't allowed, and they're like, "We need this for this scene to work." Oh yeah, that's and such a classic can, line. Yeah, yeah. and they put put it in, but that would have been against the code at the time. Huh. Huh. Interesting. And now a ding sound. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> now that stuff gets really fascinating, and then when you go back and watch these ones that break the rules you're just like whoa look what the what they thought breaking but, the rules were like it's, yeah, it's so they, but they this look, one took place before the rules were in place yeah. right yes. but, yeah. e- okay. but even those are interesting too because you can kind of tell where people would have objections to it this that, was actually fairly tame compared to what you'll see in the pre-code like 1932 33 I, i've heard i've heard of the things that they did during that period and yeah i was just like we had all that stuff in movies back then oh yes oh my god that's like almost I mean, more it's, progressive it's than now tame, <laughs> it's tame compared to now in terms of that but some of it is progressive there but was a lot of progressive things what pre-code. happens a lot is you get like a woman who will do like all kinds of crazy things like be really super liberated and then to like appease the censors at the end they'll have her just like the last scene will be like she gets her comeuppance and you're like this is so awesome oh oh my god they broke it (laughs) just sorry brief sidebar but do not get me started on stormy weather like that makes me physically angry for that very reason 
I don't know that movie. That's basically, yeah. uh, she decides to, like, doesn't need a man and set out on her own, and the lesson that she learns is that was a terrible idea. Yeah, and never really walk away man. from a man ever again. Ugh. <laughs> Fun time. Great song, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit... It's great like, music in that movie. Yeah. But, to yeah. jump off the, the female thing, the woman... Uh, I forgot her name. The it girl. What's her name again? Mary. Clara Bow. Oh, Clara Bow. Clara Bow. 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 I was upset when her character had to go back home because I that? liked that yeah. she she responded to a call for drivers. She got goes to war and she's just you know super cute driving her car around, yeah. running over with her guys over, but then they love her because she's so cute, mm-hmm. even though they she hit her with her car. <laughs> like I loved that sequence, mm-hmm. and it was just fun to see her kind of be empowered outside of Jack. Yeah, and it's totally um, unfair that they made her go that, home that she, just for that. Yeah, she has to get fired. Like, well, maybe and sent if you home. weren't bursting into hotel rooms, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the door's unlocked. Let me just go in. And she was putting her clothes on, on and he was clearly really dressed. Out of it. Yeah. Nothing happened. <laughs> I want to jump back really quick to something we mentioned very briefly. Uh, that shot going into the the mm. club. My film teacher, my film history teacher, spent an entire day talking about that one shot. Mm. That's the only thing I knew about this movie. But that one shot is, A, it's incredible. You can find it online. If you just look up Wings Dolly shot. But I, I've shared that yeah. meme more than once. But like it's interesting. Like the way, the, so much planning went into that yeah. one shot. It's insane. I get astounded by that specifically because the only other movie that comes into my mind that did something like that was in The Adventures of Baron Munchausen when the camera is, I don't remember, coming out of the sultan's house yeah but during that sequence in that movie you can clearly see the actor stepping out yeah. or stepping in and in this one you can't tell yeah you don't you see, can, see them you can kind of see them move back but yeah. like the furniture and really yeah. their bodies don't you don't get the impression that they actually left but also like you don't have monitor you don't have yeah replay you just have to somebody just enough people have their eyes on it to know that it was right that, and lighting every every oh every moment God. in that space every area in that space has to be lit the, the same way it's yeah. it's incredible that's why uh, i get the, so mad when things are out of focus in movies nowadays because i'm like come on acs yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> come on people used to have it so much harder than yeah. you <laughs> the the only other shot that it like harkens back to for me is in citizen kane when it goes through the o and the sign because that's the only time that i remember it's like all right well i want to go through the o well you can't do that all right so we'll split the sign in half we get through the O, you oh. rip the sign in half. And it looks like you go through the O. Wow. And yeah. It's like, that's the sort of stuff like an old film that I geek out about. Like these really cool shots. I'm like, that's impossible with the technology that they had. And I'm like, no, it's possible. It's possible. They even do we that- just put more elbow grease into it than you yeah, lazy just- bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Last night when I was on set, my computer had a meltdown. And for like five minutes, I couldn't type things. And I was just like, what do I do? You know, film is impossible <laughs> get a notebook shut and a it down pencil. shut it down uh, but there was also that scene with uh, David and Sylvia in the swing in the beginning where it's, that camera's doing the same type of thing if that had been 3D I might have gotten sick yeah I, yeah. I think there was a, either that thing was bolted to a swing or there was a uh, screen behind him well, the, when he Chewie, drives the. Well, I guess you could put that on yeah, screen. When too. Chewie and I, well, I watched it again, and it looks like there is a chance that's a screen. Yeah, when he jumps out of the car, you could do a quick cut for him running at them and then appearing behind them in front of a screen. I, I'd have to watch it like ten more times, but I think that was a screen trick. But like, it, it's so cool that I, I, I was talking to Jenny about this last night with the advent of sound. Those types of shots just stopped existing for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, just to see what they were able to do kind of now that they've figured out film. <laughs> like, well, this is why, I mean, a lot of, uh, 
at the time when sound came in, everyone heralded it as like the death of cinema. Because yeah. you can't do this stuff. You can't anymore. do this stuff. And it really is I didn't get that until I watched like Wings and Sunrise and a few others of yeah. really late silence like 1927, 28. But they had a height of artistry and effects and things that they were able to do that just died for about ten years. Well, because it requires yelling at each other and moving very loud things yeah. out of the way and like until they invented like good boomsticks and lobs right. and stuff. Right. Well I mean they also like when they had the sound cameras, they were much larger. Yeah. And yeah. you couldn't move anything around them because the microphones would pick it up. Yeah, I, so, I remember reading so much stuff about them hiding microphones in like flowers. So that's why so many women just look like the they're rain. talking yeah, to faces. One of my favorite scenes <laughs> in Singing in the Rain. <laughs> you think they're exaggerating that, but it's like it's like a documentary. Singing in the Rain is yeah. basically a documentary. <laughs> but yeah, oh. it's, it's just so cool to see that artistry and this just to see how it has kind of still permeated. And I just wish we had that sense. Like we could go back to some of that. Like well, spend more time on the there's artistry certain, of it. There's certain types of shots, like the um, the overlays that they do <sighs> when they fir- when they first go to the battlefield and like all the troops are walking away in a, like a long shot, and they juxtapose like scenes of the battle up on the top of the screen. Like that wouldn't be hard to do now, but no one really does it. <laughs> it's just like they do it. Like they'll do some of that stuff in animation. Uh, yeah. I, I think more I, in animation. they did that in Pocahontas actually. I guess because when they went it's to not war. it's not realistic. Like it's kind of a. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last movie that I saw that did that. But it was so cool to see that it had such I a. I like that type of. It had such an epic feel. Overlay. Yeah, no, I was. This movie is epic, like Brian said earlier. Oh yeah, it's epic as hell. And it's those techniques that are really doing that, and I just. They should put took... that on the new Blu-ray. Epic as hell. Epic, epic as hell. hell. <laughs> from after the hype, epic as hell. <laughs> epic as hell. After the hype. That's the best sound blurb they can get. Or like, <laughs> one of the most famous movies of all time. But yeah, some podcast. Some podcast <laughs> right. epic They as seem hell. to like it. <laughs> this movie might have a chance. <laughs> the name of this episode, epic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, the, the, it's cool to see that, those effects and just taking that for granted. I definitely took that, have taken that for granted going to film school and getting so wrapped up in like Kubrick that like, man, there's a lot of this stuff that inspired him, you know, and all yeah, these oh things yeah. communicate that, that level of artistry and kind of technical artistry that as a digital editor, like, I feel like we're kind of, we, we, we're at war with that. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of the stuff on Wikipedia as you guys are talking and like the, like I'm finding what I think are interesting things. Like there's a, a one sheet for the poster. That's just a picture of Clara Bell. Oh Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, she was the draw. She was the star. And she's in it. I would. I mean, it's a long movie. It's two and a half hours. I'd say she's in it for like forty-five minutes, maybe, maybe, probably even less. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's still the face in the movie. And Uh, it's always cool to kind of see these movies where there was a star who was the star, kind of doing what they do. Yeah. And like we've mainly gotten rid of that. That's we don't like that sort of thing much anymore and kind of really push okay. against it. Yeah, we've talked about it before on here. There's a couple still like Tom Cruise still yeah, is Tom Cruise Tom's, doing Tom Cruise things. Well, yeah, well, cuz Tom Cruise it's still a guaranteed return. Like yeah. it's very rare his movies don't. But even if they don't make money here, they still make money overseas. Almost nobody. I mean, for a while Will Smith was that. Yeah. But yeah. now there's, there's yeah. nobody can open a movie anymore. And it's there's really no only Even Tom Cruise, I mean, The Mummy failed. Not overseas. Oh, really? Oh. Huge overseas. Chris Pratt is still pretty popular just to for him I think, but like we don't uh, have passengers, which passengers. After I'll you talk describe about, passengers, I'll talk maybe. about it next week. Fuck. Oh boy! <laughs> but man, uh, like we don't have a Clarabo, no or way. or a, a woman who can Jennifer Lawrence. Girl. Yeah, uh, well, Angelina for a little bit, but not not oh, really yeah. anymore. We we kind of kind of been up and down on that, and I I would say largely like 
there'd be a subsection of people who don't really pay attention to her. Mm. Like Jennifer Lawrence, she wouldn't bring that like a certain set of people. Whereas Clara Bow back in the time would just bring everybody. Oh, yeah. everybody. Everybody. I don't think there is a female star today who has that. Like she's in a movie, everyone's seen. It was That's all... partly probably because the roles that we give women now are, are it's terrible. So... Yeah. It's not just yeah. the it's, role. It's, it's really the... the the accessibility. Yeah. If you wanted to see an amazing, beautiful woman, you have to go to movies back That's then. That's a good point. Because yeah. you, didn't ha- you might have some magazines, but you definitely don't have television or the internet much now yet. Now you can go on Pornhub. Now you yeah. can go well... see beautiful women whenever you want. Well, what's interesting is just like back then, everyone, like the stars were supposed to be these accessible commodities, but like the studios built their personalities and kind of yeah. constructed them. You Well, they were encouraged to keep a certain persona instead yeah. of like chameleon into different roles. It, they were just... It's This you, is going to sound possibly wrong, but I think it's more likened today to reality stars. Like these people are paid to be that person. Like that is your entire job to be that person. Granted, back then it's because they're movie stars and you get to see them be that person in these roles. Whereas today it's like we pay millions of dollars to idiots to be idiots but as long as they keep being that idiot we'll keep paying them millions of dollars right and it was to an extent where uh, if you've seen the movie hail caesar they kind of play on that the josh brolin character is actually a real person who would actually go and kind of keep tabs on people make sure they behave cover up their mistakes and discipline them if they kind of broke their contract and how to behave yeah and that, that was really fascinating and you must remember this has a really great thing about that but that's kind of how these stars can just, they bring in everybody. Everybody wants to know what Clarabo is up to. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point because you also have Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram. Yeah. I mean, you can keep up to date with their lives and feel like you know them as people without necessarily going to see them in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's... Well, and then, like, you would know their off screen lives because yeah. of the magazines which the studios publish. Yeah. And now so it's, so it's all just yeah. fake news. <laughs> Everything is well, it's, fake news. It's these people, sad. it's their publicists saying it sometimes, but sometimes it's genuine that you really see their, like, that's when they say stupid stuff. And then they come back and you're like, oh, and they apologize. And you're like, wow, you actually said a dumb thing because you don't have someone running all your, yeah. like, you don't have a studio running your persona. Yeah. I remember, um, I don't remember what tabloid it was or which actress it was, but I remember reading about the first time uh, people got the sensationalized things about actors. Uh, This one actress was caught in the act like cheating on her boyfriend or husband, and she had a bow and arrow, and she shot an arrow at a photographer, and they had a photo of her doing it. Like, I don't remember what this was, but I remember reading about how this is the first time people got the scandalous stuff about stars' lives, and then tabloids were a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like that's she where it, like a they like that's where it like broke. That's like where it broke, where like, you could no, they could no longer control their image completely. But now that I think about it, it's like it's weird because for all that star power and that her big draw, she's essentially doing nothing more or less than what any female co-star would do now. Well, yeah, but the uh, the thing that I find the most interesting about her being the big draw of this movie is how little she's in it. Because mm. she really, she's a major part in the beginning, and then she shows up to the war, and you think she's going to be a major part of the war, and she's, well, they she, don't even know she's there. Like, they find out she that she's, out too. yeah, they find out that she was there because she gets kicked out, and they read it in the newspaper. Like, oh, she was here? Huh. It's weird that she quit, though. That doesn't sound like her. No, she's probably fired. Oh, okay, back to war. And it's just like <laughs> Mary's not like that. Yeah, it's just such a quick little like that doesn't sound like her. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, well, 
It's the whole thing about the time it was made and women aren't actually no, supposed to be that active. No, I get that, but it's still just like, if she was the star of your film, it's still very a very minor role yeah. compared to the yeah. other two guys. Was it considered a large role back then or would she I mean, have larger the face role? on the poster? Yeah, like, but look- I mean like for in general, like would this amount of screen time been considered a large role for a woman? Not necessarily. I mean, they made plenty of major, you know, films made, you know, that were led by women. But you wouldn't really have expected a woman to have a major role in a war film, probably. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. At that time. Uh, I think it's time to move into quotes. Which is difficult in a silent film. Um, <laughs> I remember mine. I don't know if it's... I've got mine. Let me see if I can pull up the word So, I did throw out a qualifier to, uh, to everyone that if you did not feel like writing down one of the things they said, I will take any title card as a quote because there are no actual words in this. So, if there's one thing that particularly spoke to you... All of those fly. Can we, can we talk about the sound though in the film a little bit? Oh sure, why Before not? we, since it kind yeah. of feeds into this thing of quotes. Yeah. I assume the print that you guys saw had some sound, synchronized sound in it. It did. Okay. What did you guys think about that? It felt really out of place. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Lucasfilm did? Because I noticed they were in the credits. Well, um, Ben Burt, who did Star Wars and stuff, yeah. he was the consulting, the sound consultant for the restoration. Um, but it, it's. I just wondered if it struck you guys as out of place or if it felt anachronistic. I had to because it actually isn't. But I just, it depended on it, when it happened. Was it in the original? Well, it's it's complicated. They it, what they did have sound at the time. Yeah. Because 1927, they had been doing sound in shorts for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So there there are a lot of films from 27, 28 that have some amount of synchronized sound effects. It's not none of the prints that we have surviving from that time have synchronized sound. Well, this one is also not the original print. Like the original print of this is gone. Just <laughs> well, but I mean, they have. They may not have a master, but they have prints from the time that they took this from. Or oh, yeah, I was reading about it. Or here. like this was considered a lost film. Right, but then they found a print, or it would still be lost. It's uh It's not the original master. It's a, no. That's, that's probably true. Yeah. that's probably true. Yeah. But the the theory is that there were probably sync prints that went out later in the run, but those don't exist anymore. Um. But the, they, the score is original, and they sent the score out on sheet music for pl- piano players and orchestras to play at each theater. Um, and there were notes in the, in the um, sheet music for where to slow down the music or stop the music for sound effects to be played. Oh, interesting. Either live or recorded at the hmm. theater. Um, so it's actually probably pretty much what people would have heard, but they might have heard the sound effects live in the theater instead of on the That's pen. what I was thinking when I was watching it, because, I mean, I know that a lot of theaters had organs in the front and just pits for people to have different instruments or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was some activity The in first sounds. time I saw it, I was really thrown off by the sound, some of the sound, and also the, um, like, the painting on the, when they were firing the... Um, I was actually it's really impressed by that. I'm like, ooh, look. I, was, I thought that was like a fire. later edition from later, but that's not. That's yeah. hand-painted from the time. That poor editor, whoever they had <laughs> drawing that. Uh-huh. See, I liked all that, but it was really, I think maybe it's just that this is clearly, maybe not clearly, but this feels like the restoration sound. Mm-hmm. Like it felt out of time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was just curious how it would strike you guys. Yeah, I mean, I've seen... It silent films me. with sound it effects but yeah, yeah. I, it, I, it some of them seem weird yeah the the ones where there's like a scene that's silent and then a scene that's got synchronized talking they yeah. did that a lot in 1929 when they were switching over that's really weird to me i like it but it's weird well and it's interesting because some some of the movies too will 
like for the comedies, they'll use the music as the sound effects, like a little symbol, like whoop, or a yeah, mm-hmm. like a symbol like crash. Like the Looney, Looney Tunes thing. Yeah, Chaplin <laughs> stuff, where it's like the music will kind of do like a like an uptick for something funny. Whereas this, yeah, it's like it does feel very weird, but it feels like it's we're coming upon a change. See, for me, it was. Is I want to say it's like half the sound effects that bother me, like because like all the plane stuff didn't even notice oh. it, like that just felt organic. But like, uh, like when the car started in the beginning, that one just felt really weird and out of place. It's funny, like it's not all of them, but some of them felt mm. weird. It's kind of the weird thing I get when like I do a first pass of editing something and I don't have any sound effects in there at all. It's just the music. But then there's I put one sound effect in there, so I'm showing it off as like here here's the cut so far, and it's like nothing, music, music. It's like boink, and it's like that's okay. That's, that's kind of odd. That's boink. kind of odd. So like there's that kind of sense of like. Is this intended? And that's yeah. the first thing I even asked you is like, is that is it supposed to be that way? Yeah. But silent films were never really silent. Though. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, they were non-talking films, so that's what... They were not talkies. Yes. The thing that, uh, in my brain, the whole time I'm watching... I haven't watched very many silent films. Uh, and whenever I do, I'm just constantly going, there's so much more happening on their faces Mm. they're saying so many words and all i get is a one sentence title card (laughs) what were they saying are they i in my brain i'm like there's either like way more depth to this or you're all just swearing at each other a lot of times they're not even saying what the dialogue is supposed to be i'd love to see a screenplay i would love to go back in time to just watch them and be like so what are they actually saying to each other are they yelling at each other about laundry like (laughs) is it mundane or are they just coming up with absurd things well, and, then, and so then there's also in Hail Caesar that joke with the actor, the American actor trying to do the um, prestige kind of ballroom thing. What did it work? Yeah. What well, did it work? Like those... I'm going to be Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> but like those things, they would spend all that time on that and it would just be a really simple title card. Yeah. Well, then there were a couple times they put up a title card that was like, okay. And I was like, I think I could have understood that he meant okay without you putting that title or card Or it's up. okay, and he just went through an entire paragraph on his face. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not typing that. These things take forever. Uh, all right, I'm going to say quotes, 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 quotes. All right, I'm just going to say mine really fast because I can't, definitely can't find it on the internet. But it t- threw me for a loop the moment I read it. Uh, it's when Clara comes in for the first time and he's like, and there's his neighbor, Mary, who he picked up at a fire and then later regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not an exact quote, but that's pretty much what it said. I went, what? So he picked her up at, like, he literally said he picked her up. Like, was that like they had a one night stand or he just was nice to her? Or what does that mean? Did he rescue her? I thought it meant he rescued her from a fire. That's what I assumed too, yeah. In my brain, they met at a social event, like at a fire, like a fire. Oh, you mean mean like a bonfire? Like a bonfire. I thought it said like bonfire or something. Like a high school bonfire. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I thought. In my brain. And then he just like regretted it because now she's never left him alone. Right. I mean, no matter how you play that regret, that's still weird. Yeah. <laughs> she won't leave <laughs> oh she's so attractive but why Why won't she leave uh, so mine was uh, it's during the drinking scene and uh, he uh, he was just told he needs to go back to war because all of their leaves were cancelled he needs to go back and she's like you need to go back to war and he just looks and goes no war just bubbles, bubbles. <laughs> and then starts like assaulting the bed well no right. that was, he was still in the bar that was in the bar yeah oh yeah. I, uh, I, I picked, when your time comes, you're going to get it. Said by a man who promptly got into a plane and crashed and died. <laughs> he should have had a good like thing. He would have been fine. 
Oh, was that the guy who didn't have his good luck thing? Yeah, that was yeah. Mr. White. Mr. White, yeah. yeah. We liked Mr. White. We were like, he seemed like an important character I, for a moment. Oh, he was Gary Cooper. That was, oh, that was Gary, Gary Cooper? Cooper? Oh. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's not, it not his first Billy role, died. but it was very, very early in his oh. career. So I, just, I had such a great, like, I la- I had to pause the movie after that. Like, here's this character, Mr. White. And he has his whole speech, and then yeah, he yeah, and then promptly dies. <laughs> it's like, man, that's a bold move. But that's like, as soon as I heard him say, saw him say that, when he was just like, you know, when your time comes, you're going to get it. Now I'm going to get in my plane and fly around. And I thought I was he like, was going to oh, last a little bit longer. <laughs> like, did he even get out of the vicinity of the nope. base? No. Nope. <laughs> he was doing some, like, trainee loop loops and just looped into the ground. Oh, my God. And there was another plane. It went, that was a cool crash, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost kind of wish it was even more lackluster. Like, he just drove a foot, and then the plane just exploded. Bet <laughs> <laughs> you wish you had a teddy now. <laughs> Where's a good luck drum now, punk? <laughs> right. uh, next. Okay, mine is... Um, I, I may be cheating the system, but mine is the title card, but it's I liked it less for the actual words on it and more for the design of the title card. But it was right um, when they're leaving the basic training, basically, and going to the actual war. And it's like, like a mighty maelstrom of destruction, the war now drew into its center the power and pride of all the earth. And there's an actual whirlwind behind uh, yeah, the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, and then they cool. actually like burn the film or something so that the words on the title twist. Um, That's I'm, pretty cool. I remember that. It was yeah, pretty good. I'm very into title design, and that was very, very in, an interesting and innovative one. Satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who hasn't gone? Uh, mine. Uh, mine's... <laughs> Just because of when I first read it, I had to do a double take. Um, they called the German planes, the smaller ones, Fokkers. <laughs> and so the title card is, Pursuing One Fokker, David Lays Himself Open to Attack by the Other. And I had to stop. I definitely made a lot of jokes about that. Oh, yeah. I, I made many a Fokker joke. <laughs> You're going to die now, Fokker. <laughs> but that's the thing. is like they're also saying. It's the sa- name of the plane. It's the plane. They're also saying that in the plane after every shot. So I was like, yeah, Fokker. And I'm like, this is. This is an old movie. It's supposed to be clean. <laughs> Fuck you, fucker. <laughs> but like, but then if I wanted to do a more serious one, I liked when they're going to the Paris nightclub, and the title card behind it has like a weird miniature like marionette of a woman yeah, gyrating that was cool. with like a little hand spinning something. Like there was like this stuff going on behind it that I thought was really cool. I like that more for the visual of that. But I thought this yeah. title card I picked was funny. The visuals of them going to Paris or whatnot, and all the suggestivity of that was pretty amusing. There's hookers. <laughs> <laughs> There's hookers and bubbles afoot. <laughs> it's Paris. Uh, French ladies. Was that everybody? Right? That's yeah. Everybody. All right. So the review system for this is going to be the same as every one of these episodes. Just so you know, every time we do one of these, it's the same review system. So you can potentially prepare a little okay. bit if you feel like it. Other Academy Award winners. Oh, jeez. Any other film? I'm not that, prepared. I feel unprepared. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Wait, well, movies. Oh, any, best picture? Best or? picture. Okay. Any film that has Damn won it. best picture. I'm going to go for one, and I'm going to try it. We'll see if it works. Uh, Gladiator. Okay. And the reason for that is just, uh, A, on surface level, kind of the epic feel, the epic scope of it. The way it kind of goes from just simple battles in the beginning to the Grand Coliseum and the huge fight, and just kind of encompasses the epicness of life is it's epic as hell and the music is also really good i love gladiators score and i felt a sense of excitement with that as i did with this movie the score was really exciting to listen to and it was just interesting kind of covering one aspect of a really big time okay so i mean that's my attempt at that uh i'm going with deer hunter 
Uh, Deer Hunter, mostly because it's also a war film, but it's also the entire story is told so well because of its pacing, much like this movie. Like, and if you're not into film, Deer Hunter is the slowest, most boring movie ever. <laughs> uh, much like this would be if you're not really into film. Like, this would just be a long slog of every now and then flying in a dated way. But if you're into film, it's great. Just like Deer Hunter, if you like film and the way movies are made, Deer Hunter is incredible. <laughs> I'm going to go with Romeo and Juliet because, guys, this movie is also depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and you see boobs. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with one that I'm not sure how I'm going to tie this in. Dances with Wolves. <laughs> it is an epic about a man who's dealing with war in a way that he's not completely familiar with, but he has to learn from people how to survive. Uh, and there's a woman who he eventually uh, he wears her down and they fall in love <laughs> but in this movie the man is worn down by the woman kind of uh, there's a wearing and it down. was very influential at the time uh, I mean Dances with Wolves how the cinematography cinematography is fantastic however much it is like a very much a white man saving the Indians or whatnot. all you need is a white man movie if you just ignore that uh, and just watch it for its epicness and how it does show war in a rather grim way, it's very from a different perspective, which, especially when Wings came out, they probably didn't have very much perspective on war and what it would actually entail beyond going, it will make you men. Uh, it's interesting and it's beautiful and it's an epic. Is there anybody else? Yeah, yeah, I still have to go. I'm trying to decide. Because I think it would be too much of a punt just to say All Quiet on the Western Front <laughs> since it's basically the same movie. I was going to say either All Quiet on the Western Front and The Artist are both <laughs> cheating. Okay. <laughs> I was so, going to say the other one I was thinking about was West Side Story because this movie takes place on the Western Front. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Well, I mean, the Germans are the sharks and the Americans it's, are the allies of the jets? It's wall-to-wall music. Dude, if go. we had yeah. people in, in planes clicking their thumbs, like that would have been amazing. Oh, well, that's the hanging out the side of the thing, just staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you, you fuckers. <laughs> I'm so into that movie. <laughs> well, the Paris scene would fit right in. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Almost. <laughs> I hope that. <laughs> As Karina has said, we are wrapping this up to a close. Uh, next week, we have Free Fire is the name of that movie. I don't know how I'm forgetting the name of that. Uh, it's sitting right there. Yeah, I know. It's just right over there. Uh, so we have Free Fire, and then the week after that, we are probably going to be taking off because I failed at scheduling. Um, but that's okay. Uh, so thank you for everyone for coming out. Oh. Karina, do you want to say hi? Talk in the microphone. Say something. Hi. <laughs> say get out of here, guys. Get out of here, guys. <laughs> uh, do you want to say say goodbye? Say goodbye. <laughs> that, that works. works. <laughs>